You are listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at UVic. Welcome to Beyond the Jargon. I'm your host today, Liz MacArthur, and joining me in the studio is Alexander Simon, who's doing a master's in music composition here at UVic. That's correct. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, before we started, you mentioned that you're sort of in a flurry of trying to get things finished. You're writing your final graduating composition. That's right, yeah. Um, can, tell me about it. Can you tell me about what you're writing? Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's almost finished. I've, you know, quotation marks around it, finished. But uh, so, yeah, so I want to finish it up just before the Christmas holidays so I can come back with fresh eyes in January and if I need to do some revisions, take a look at it then. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I really have been working on it since September. I started kind of throwing around some ideas back in the spring and over the summer and then really put a pen to paper in September and been working on it over the last four months. Mm-hmm. And so the basic concept for this is uh, it's actually a music and dance piece. Um so that was something that I really wanted to push forward to get uh, that dance aspect in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be uh, for three dancers, and there's uh, eight musicians involved. And um, so there's a bit of a story behind it, and uh, which I have an original story that I've written. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I could go in all sorts of different directions uh, to, to talk about it. Yeah, um, it's yeah. that's incredible. It sounds yeah. um, sounds like a huge undertaking. Yes. Um, maybe we can start with what are the instruments that you're writing for that will be okay. actually be performing? Yeah. So so there. To correspond with the three dancers, there there will be three instruments. Um, there's the alto flute, um, the oboe, which doubles on the English horn as well, and the bassoon. Those will be kind of the three characters, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then the there will be five other instruments are. Um, uh, let's see, there's clarinet, tenor sax, horn, uh, bass trombone, and then there'll be a percussionist playing. Um, Thundersheet, piccolo snare, uh, marimba, glockenspiel, and singing bowl. And I think I got all those instruments right. in there. Yeah, so. <laughs> and yeah. is it, um, what is the style of the music? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the 20th and 21st century in terms of music is, is interesting because uh, there's been such an expansion of uh, styles and genres. Uh, you know, both in the artistic, you know, art music world, so to speak, and popular music uh, world. Whereas, you know, if you look, uh, you know, at the Baroque period, people were roughly writing, even if you're from different countries, everyone was writing kind of roughly in this Baroque style. Uh, But once you get into the 20th century, you know, you have American minimalism, you have uh, avant-garde music from Germany, avant-garde music from France, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you have all these just kind of uh, fracturing of of styles. So uh, for me, I kind of take... I, I try to take a bit of the old and a bit of the new. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still very much interested in, in harmony and uh, so how sounds overlap and the kinds of uh, the colors that result out of that. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of my process is, is thinking not just, you know, um, melodic lines, so to speak, but, but when all these instruments are stacked up, what, are, what is that kind of, you know, that resultant chord or that resultant harmony? What does that sound like? So that, that, um, that helps to inform a lot of, uh, of what I do. So uh, in terms of style, though, I, I really don't know <laughs> if there's something, maybe somebody else, if they heard it, they might be able to explain, describe it better than me. But um, yeah, I, I guess a bit of the old and a bit of the new is, mm. is what I try to look for. Tell me about the story that you wrote that is sort of the background for the piece. Yeah, so it's, uh, well, it's a bit of an abstract concept. Um, I'll have to, I kind of have to backtrack a little bit to explain about it. So when I was throwing around ideas for, uh, for my piece back in the spring thinking of what I wanted to do 
uh, one of my ideas, initial ideas, was to write uh, some incidental music for an existing work. So, um, you know, for instance, uh, people have written incidental music for uh, Shakespeare plays or, you know, uh, for sections of novels or, you know, uh, hmm. other works. And can you maybe just define incidental music oh, for yes. people who are listening? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So incidental music is, uh, so for instance, uh, the Finnish composer Jean Sibelius wrote uh, incidental music for Shakespeare's The Tempest. So it is essentially music that is not supposed to visually go with anything but uh follows that same story of the tempest mm -hmm. and then so it's just kind of uh, you know it would be like a, mu uh, a film score oh, yeah. but without the actual visual aspect of it so so that's uh, that's what i mean by, by right yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. yeah yeah so uh, so that was one of my ideas was i wanted to do some kind of concept like this and i and i went through a couple of ideas and if, when it came down to it i decided well i wanted to have my own story and then when I was looking for what kind of a story do I want, I was realized that uh, there's all these other composers from different cultures and different countries that uh, can use their own cultural mythology or folklore. Uh, and, you know, being kind of the cultural mishmash Canadian that I am, I, I felt I didn't really have that kind of... Uh, that kind of cultural folklore or, or the, the, that I could really use for my own. So I thought well, what is it, you know, what are the stories that I grew up with when I was a kid? And so when I was a kid, video games were like a huge thing for me. And, and, and that's, I felt like those were kind of those story, those are kind of the stories of my childhood. Hmm. So I wanted to take some elements from that and kind of, and, and spin it around and make it something that was my, that was my own. So I, I did, I took these, these elements, uh, these kind of, I kind of took the essence out of certain characters and, and then transpose them into my own world so that so so it's purposefully abstract so that there's no real I don't think you should really be able to see a correlation between the characters in my story and anything in that that already exists mm -hmm. so that's kind of the slight that's the kind of the background behind it and then so the story itself is quite abstract so I've written a, a, a libretto uh, which is just a short um, basically it'll be, it'll be in the program notes uh, so whoever goes to see the uh, the performance they'll be able to read this story and it's just about a page long right and it's divided into 12 scenes and there some of them are very very simple. Like the first scene, uh, the description is simply a forest. That's all it says. Mm. And then uh, each character as they enter, um, it, so the story, as the story kind of unfolds, it's these three characters uh, meeting in this place and uh, just kind of the interactions, how the, what they have, how they, how they interact with each other and then um, kind of the decision to collaborate and then, and then leave. So there's not supposed to be, uh, I, my style of storytelling is is more for anybody familiar with uh, you know John Steinbeck novels. This there's not really like a uh, you know major conflict with anybody or any kind of thing like that. But it's just a story about people's lives, and that's that 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 kind of storytelling really speaks to me. Um, mm -hmm. So I I wanted to kind of use that, and and because originally I had thought about writing incidental music to a John Steinbeck uh, work, and so that kind of that element carried over into my eventual storytelling of uh, just just kind of a story about people. Yeah. Wow, that sounds, um, it sounds like it would be one thing to take a story and write music that would sort of follow the storyline, but then also to incorporate dancers. How mm -hmm. much direction do you give them? How do you write sort of a dance piece? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, so 
I've just, in uh, last week actually, I just finally spoke to uh, some people who are interested in, in being involved in the dance aspect, because uh, I, have, I have no involvement in that world up to this point, and, and unfortunately UVic doesn't have a dance program. Mm. So, uh, so I kind of had to do some searching around the city, and I did finally uh, come across these people. So we're going we're gonna to talk in January and see where we go from there. So I, I, I guess I'll, you know, style myself, you know, the artistic direct, director, so to speak. But um, so I have, I have certain ideas about, uh, you know, what kinds, there are certain movements and certain, uh, like I know the entrances of the characters. And, and so we roughly have this rough idea of wh- how things are going to be placed uh, but I also want to give them uh, the, the choreographer uh, freedom to, mm. to to bring their uh, artistic sensibility to it and to, to allow because I don't I don't want I don't want the dance to be restricted by my lack of knowledge about dance. Mm. So I want to give some general input and maybe uh, offer certain uh, you know in certain sections. Okay, this is what I want to see. Um, so I, I will be closely involved with, with them once we start working. But I, I, I do also want to let them uh, be free to, to make their own decisions about it hmm. how come yeah. you wanted to incorporate dance you say you're not involved in that world are you just a, sort of a fan or? Uh, well uh, actually yeah uh, there's, there's kind of two <laughs> two two sides to it uh the, the one side is uh, i i saw my first ballet uh only two years ago actually christmas time two years ago i saw the uh, the nutcracker when i was in montreal and that was the first time i had seen a ballet live and i was just i was really i was really moved by it it was mm. something quite incredible and and since then I've I've, I've searched out some other uh, Stravinsky has some uh, you know the, has the right of spring and he has another um, piece Les Nos which is uh, just the the incorporation of, of music and this visual aspect is is very compelling and I feel like I have my own history of this um, music and and visual element, uh, as I mentioned earlier about, you know, growing up with, with uh, playing video games all the time, I think they kind of started there in a way where there is this constant, they're, they're not separate things. It, you, you always have music and you always have visual cues. And so I think there is a certain element of that that uh, was kind of, it was ingrained in me. And, and uh, even starting on my own, uh, when I started music lessons, even before I started playing an instrument, uh, I took, uh, it was a group music and movement class, so it was all just about exploring um, how sound moves you and and mm-hmm. kind of that. So there's, it kind of goes really a, f- a long way back. Mm-hmm. This this So even though I wasn't directly involved in, in dance, so to speak, I, I really feel like I'm a visual person when it comes to, to music. So in one way, it's new territory, and in the other way, it just made a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. for me to, to realize uh, these two elements together. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be. It must feel very fulfilling to come to a point in you know your academic career where you can draw on something so deep that you know makes so much sense to you and actually, you know, start to see it come to life. Yes. Uh, did you did you think that this is how your masters would sort of play out? Is this what you thought would be happening? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually when I when I came here last year I. I, I had a page in in one of my notebooks where I just just started writing down. I thought, oh, this could be a cool idea for a thesis, or that would be a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those have just kind of disappeared once I realized, once I really started thinking about it in the spring, and I and I and I, I had these ideas, and I thought, oh, yes, this is this is really what I want to do. Um, these other ideas, you know, they can maybe come later or, or not. But uh, mm-hmm. so I had I had no idea for sure when I started off, um, but. 
but once I had that idea, I knew that that's what I was going to do. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you are going to head into your second year of your master's. Uh, right? Well, well, I mean, in my second You're, year, second so I have year. this one semester left. So my, the performance will be in in March, and then uh, and then I'll do my defense, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then that's it. Being done. Wow. Yeah. So how did you come to UVic? Uh, did you do your undergrad here? No, actually. Um, Again, I have kind of another uh, varied history. Uh, I, I actually started my undergrad as a science major uh, in Halifax. I was at St. Mary's University. Hmm. And after two years there, uh, slightly unfulfilling two years there, I realized that uh, music was just something that interested me way more than what I was currently doing. Uh, so I did a couple of years at UPEI and then uh, finished off my undergrad at Memorial University in St. John's. <laughs> and then I took a few years, few years off because uh, I'd been in school for six years and mm-hmm. just thought I need a little break from this. And then I, it was just one of those things where, again, it was just I was kind of getting away from music a little bit and and I really felt like I needed to come back to it and and I think and doing my masters just made the most sense of of being able to be in a community of musicians and push myself to learn more and you know have that opportunity to have my music performed and and see and see other people perform their music um so I so one thing I was I'd never lived on the west coast I'd spent most of my life on the east coast and uh, central Canada so uh, that was kind of an appealing aspect and uh, UVic has a very good image in their composition program for um uh, for experimental music and and mm-hmm. being open to trying new new things and going in new directions, so uh, it seemed it seemed like a good fit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when you did your undergrad, um, were you doing music composition then, or were you studying a specific instrument? Uh, well, all all musicians in your undergrad, you you have to take an instrument anyway, regardless of whether you're doing uh, musicology, composition, you know, whatever you're doing, you uh, you do have to study a major instrument. So uh, would, piano is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was at UPEI, they didn't have a composition program. So I was just doing uh, music performance. And then when I switched to Memorial, uh, it was a combined composition theory program. Mm. Um, and why are you in composition rather than pursuing something like performance? I guess it probably fulfills different parts of what yeah. you want Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I do. I do like to play, and I, st- I still, as much as I can, uh, when I when I'm able to perform my own pieces, I, I like to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, I'm not the most advanced player, and and part of that is uh, when I in in my teens, I stopped playing for about five or six years. Um, so when I came back to music, I was a little bit farther behind everybody else. So it kind mm-hmm. of took a little while to catch up. Um, so. And so, I, and I kind of realized at that point that I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to be a concert pianist, and I wasn't going to be the best uh, piano player. And uh, just that the creative side, what you know, what I'm able to fulfill uh, as a creative person, kind of fits better in, in composition. Like that's, um, you, you, you. I mean, you can still do that when you're when you're performing, and I and I really think I really believe that performers should have that creative side, where they you know that interpret interpretative side. Um, but I I think for me it just fits better to 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 compose where I'm kind of able to start from build from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you write pieces for yourself to play as well on the piano as well as others. Yes, uh, sometimes, and, and actually it's kind of a it's kind of a funny thing because. Uh, in one way, writing for piano is very hard for me because there's there's a bit of a mental block where I'm 
I sometimes limit myself by what I'm able to do right. rather than what other people are able to. So, you know, for instance, when I write for the oboe, I don't know how to play the oboe. So I'm kind of free myself to just write whatever within the uh, constraints of what the instrument's able to do. Mm-hmm. And then I hand it off to the oboist. And then if they say, well, this is really hard, I say, well, you know, I'm sure you'll <laughs> be able to play it eventually. <laughs> so, you know, I... Um, you know, and so that that kind of allows me to to try different things on other instruments, and uh, kind of maybe push them a little bit uh, when, whenever possible. But I, I'm still still kind of getting over that block of when I sit down to write something for the piano. I there's kind of that little voice that goes, "Oh well, you know, you'd have to practice for a really long time to be able to play that. So maybe just tone it down a little bit, or mm-hmm. give that part to somebody else, kind of thing." Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I still do uh, I, I still do write some more difficult parts for the piano that you know not within my abilities um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I, I I do I do I do like to write for myself sometimes like sometimes you have an idea of I'm writing for this specific person and sometimes you're just writing music um, so sometimes I do write for myself when I go oh, I'd, I'd like to be in this ensemble and play this this piece mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, idea really interests me of writing for an instrument that you don't actually play and you don't know what that experience of playing that would be like mm. um i was talking to another musician last week about um she well she's a folk musician and she was talking yeah. about just playing her guitar or piano yes. and then sort of what she called like hallucinations of like this sort of um arrangements that then come to life when she works with somebody else who can write these arrangements. Mm. What What is the experience like writing for uh, other instruments? Are you hearing it in your head or are you sort of banging stuff out on the piano to hear it? Uh, a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's an interesting point about the arranging because that, that in, a way, in a way is different from composing. Composing and arranging mm-hmm. can be two very different sides and so sometimes you compose and sometimes you arrange and sometimes you're doing it at the same time right uh, and, and arranging and orchestrating are, are something that also interests me uh, quite quite a lot um, so yeah so sometimes the the the, the, the genesis uh, is is just hearing these these sounds um, and as a pianist, necessarily I have to realize these in a certain way at the piano and because as I mentioned earlier because I'm still I'm, I'm very interested in in kind of this uh, vertical aspect of of tones of mm-hmm. how they you know how things sound so I can kind of do that at the piano you know be able to just throw down the pedal and kind of clunk out a bunch of things and then kind of see how that and, and then but it still requires a certain amount of uh, you know e- extrapolating from there going okay well I know you know, this this sounds like this on the piano, and I know I'm going to get the same note on a different instrument, but it's going to sound very different. And how is that, you know, and then so trying to imagine six instruments playing those six different notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, and, it, and it is, you do you do get surprised sometimes when you go into your first rehearsal, mm-hmm. and you just kind of, you cross your fingers and you go, oh, I really hope this sounds like what I imagine it sounds <laughs> like. And sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's great. And sometimes it doesn't, and it's not so good. And mm-hmm. it just means you have to go back and, and try again. Um, so it's, it's an interesting process uh, that, you know, going from in your head to hearing it and imagining to actually hearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you write, are you thinking of like melodies and harmonies? Maybe you hear like a noise or something and it sparks something in your brain and then you're trying to write out sort of what you're imagining? Or are you finding that you maybe play around and out of that grows compositions? Mm. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Both, I think both 
contribute to sometimes within the same piece and sometimes sometimes I have a very clear idea of what I'm doing you know like you said like I, I hear something or I just I have an idea oh well, I, I think I'd like to try this and then it just kind of grows out of there and and there are other times uh, when I have more free time and I'm able to just kind of sit down and, and you know doodle mm-hmm. at, the, at the piano um, and and then other times there's also more slightly more abstract stuff which is a lot of uh, and a lot of my uh, peers at, at uvic and that this is kind of what they uh, encourage with you know experimental music but stuff that you can't really thinking outside of just tones mm-hmm. and you know thinking about other sounds that an instrument can make you know you know knocking on a violin or you know putting a different mouthpiece on a clarinet uh, or uh, you know, uh, playing something through a computer and, you know, an alternate. So, you know, a lot, like a lot of these things, you can't really, that's not really something you can just sit down at the piano and, and mm-hmm. play around or, you know, and sometimes it's even kind of hard to imagine like, oh, like I've never heard this sound before that I want to make. What, like, how do you imagine that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so th- there's so many different processes that can go into creating piece and sometimes it's a combination and sometimes you you follow more clearly one path over another mm-hmm. yeah um this sounds like a very you know involved process and sort of like the music continues to grow as you compose and people start to play it mm. do you work with a specific group of players that um sort of understand what you're doing and you understand the way they play or do you just get fresh people when you do a new piece uh yeah that also d- depends a lot um i was really lucky in my undergrad i worked with um i had a violist that i worked with and that's I, I've, I've written a lot of music uh for for viola like like over i would say over half of the pieces my all of the pieces that i've written involve viola in one way or another and I, I, it's just a lovely instrument for me and uh, uh and i was lucky to work with this really really good violist uh at memorial and so there are cases like that where you 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 make this connection with somebody and then so you write more music for them and then you keep working with them and you and you kind of you you build this this uh, camaraderie and uh, and then other times you're just you're not able to get the person that you need or um or you write for an instrument that you've never written before and this you have to so uh, it, it's been it's been a mix since I've been here uh, I have had the opportunity to work with a couple of um couple of people multiple times mm-hmm. which is uh, which is it's great because when you when you go in to the rehearsal you already have a feeling of what you're going to be getting out of the other people and um you you kind of know how you can play off each other or you know they might be a little bit more uh, open to expressing their ideas like you know if it's the first time working with somebody they might be maybe a little hesitant to ask questions or or you know maybe they have an idea about what I want whereas if you've worked with them before they might just be more open well oh this isn't going to work or you know or, oh, <laughs> you know that, that kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and, 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 I'm, and I'm always open to uh, to performers telling because I mean they know their instrument the best uh, mm-hmm. I'm always open to them uh, su- offering suggestions or um, you know whether it's in terms of notation or sound or anything like that. Um, so if it was this particular project, um, I haven't really written, written for wins before. Hmm. Um, so uh, I will have, no, except for the percussionist, I have worked with a percussionist before, but uh, the other uh, seven instruments, because they're all wins, uh, I've never, oh, sorry, no, actually, I have worked with flautists before. The six, the other six of them, I have not worked with 
yes, no, I have not worked with any of those before. Mm. So this this will be a, a, a very interesting experience. Too. A very but I, new experience. Yes, very, yeah. new experience writing for wins and new experience working with these people that I that I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, I, I have a lot of faith in them. Mm-hmm. And dance. There's and dance, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. That would be very new altogether. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what time is it here? Um what um, have you ever gone into uh, something like this, a new piece, maybe new players, and just it's just I don't know something just doesn't work, and you have to start over. Like, how do you get over some of these roadblocks? Have you ever had to just completely scrap something because it won't work? Uh, not at the not at the performance stage, hmm. uh, or like at the rehearsal stage. There are definitely like there were some points uh, with this with my grad piece where uh, once I. I'd been kind of just writing sketches all semester, and then I got to the point where I'm um, putting into notation software and just kind of reviewing things, and I'm expanding these sketches. And there were a couple of seconds where I just went, oh, boy, this is really not going to work. <laughs> and um, which is it's a little frustrating because when you, know, you spent like three months working on something, and then you go, oh, this is not at all what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was able to, because I kind of had a... a most of the piece was written and I had a global idea of how it was going to work. Uh, it was just these smaller sections that needed to be tweaked. Uh, so that's not so bad. I don't think I've ever had, yeah, I don't think I've ever had any like massive, like, oh, this whole thing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe one piece that I've I've really had to rethink, but I haven't had the chance to, to rewrite it yet. That's something I need to go back and look at. But there are, there are always sections when you go into rehearsal there are always times when you go in and you just go well this this is not going to work mm-hmm. um, but of course there, there are times you go in and it works even better than you thought and hey that's great yeah so you always have to you always have to leave room for little surprises so. um so you're gonna be done in the spring yeah uh what happens next then <laughs> I have no idea uh i mean i never i had no idea i would be here now anyway uh you know when i finished my undergrad i just doing a master's was the last thing on my mind mm-hmm. um but uh, i don't know but just being out here having a different uh you know, the West Coast just feels so different from the East Coast and, mm. and just, you know, masters is so different from an undergrad and, you know, meeting new people out here. Uh, you know, I, I certainly feel reinvigorated uh, in, in a way and I feel like maybe I'm, you know, might have a chance out here to, to, to do something new or do something unexpected. Um, but I, I mean, you know, my, my long-term goal is to, I, I'd, uh, you know, I'd like to be a freelance com- composer, arranger, um, you know, just basically leave, leave my options open to to anything mm-hmm. um and i did i did have i i had uh, i was hired to do uh, orchestrations for a choral group here over this uh, this last summer mm. um so you know something like that that's you know just taking on these these kinds of gigs so to speak um and and you know playing uh, having a regular group of musicians to play with um is also something i'm interested in so uh, you know just gonna keep on writing and, and see what happens yeah. All right, that sounds good. And yeah. uh, for people who are listening and are interested in the performance, yeah. um, if they want to come and see it, is it open to the public? Absolutely, yes. Um, it is, uh, yeah, all, all of the student uh, recitals are always open to the public and they're by donation. Um, in March, my, mine is on March 15th, and um, there will be a, two other graduating uh, composers prefer, uh, presenting their pieces. And then, that, so that's a Sunday. And the Sunday before and the Sunday after, there will also be uh, graduating uh, 
compositions being performed. Hmm. And if people want to find out more information, is there a website? Or? Yeah, I guess if you go to the uh, finearts.uvic.ca slash music, hmm. um, and then, um, yeah, there should be a list up there. I don't know if they have the grad uh, recitals up there yet, but I mean, there, there will be information, certainly as we get closer, there'll be information there. And then there's always the... Um, uh, the tune in live uh, that you can so if you, you don't want to leave the comfort of your own home you can always uh, you know stay in bed and check us out <laughs> <laughs> right on thank yeah. you so much for being my guest today oh, my pleasure All right. thanks for listening to Beyond the Jargon if you want to listen again go to our website cfuv.uvic.ca and click on the listen tab